check this out, y'all. This is me, DMC, and the place to be. And the place for you to always be at all times, 250,000 days, a million plus billion in a year, is Nerdthusiast. Nerdthusiast is the place to be taken from me. I know a lot about places to be. And while you're there, like and subscribe. Rah. segment of the show right now which is of course horror games no, we're going to talk about uh horror games and we're going to call them like horror like games or scary games some games that may have horror elements to them they may not traditionally be called a horror game but they may have like some horror themes to them so wes is going to talk about some of the ones that he enjoys i'm going to talk about one some that i enjoy and then we're going to talk about some of the lesser known horror games so let's get into it first wes what are some of your favorite horror or horror like games oh man i got a, a, a nice list going um i i of course i gotta start with like resident evil like i was gonna say the granddaddy of them all but there was something that that predates resident evil so but the resident evil series in general is is on the top of my list on the top of my list certainly yeah. up there with me especially after remake the two remake two that oh, came out oh man it was so good two the re the remake of two and three were phenomenal they were so good you know three three was a little bit more on the action side but it still had that survival horror theme you but know, i mean even the, the game itself like the originals oh. was kind of like that too so it was it like was. what are they really gonna do like two was just such a better game from the get-go like you know you know what i mean yeah you know playing both players but it was uh it yeah to this day, like when I, I still, I could pop in three and just run through it and just have a good time. But two, two was like, you know, Resident Evil one was fantastic. And then they came out with two and they just kind of turned up the intensity a hundred times. Everything about it was so much better than the first one. Got those little liquors crawling on the yeah, ceilings. You had the liquors yeah, and then man. you had the introduction of Mr. X, you know, walking <sighs> around. Oh, so good. And three, you had a nemesis who who chased you through multiple rooms. Oh, it was, it's, oh, so good, so good. And then we had four. Four, four was a reinvention of the Resident Evil. It took me a minute to warm up to it. I still loved it, but I missed the zombies. You want to know something awful? Don't tell me you didn't feel it. You didn't play it. I never played four. Oh no! Don't judge them. I own <laughs> I probably own that game like five different times, Wes. I own two copies on GameCube. I own one on Wii. I probably own a few of them digitally. And I don't know how I never got around to playing four. Don't, don't I couldn't oh. explain it to you. Four four was good. Four was really good, man. They they changed the camera. It was over the shoulder. Uh, you know, it, it got away from the zombies, like I said. So it took me a minute to warm up to it because I you know, coming from, you know, zero, one, two, and three, where you still had zombies and now you're fighting something else. So it, it, it was, it was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but it just took me a minute because I wanted zombies, you know, and then we had five and, and then it, to me, it, at that point, Resident Evil tried to get a little bit more toward the action-y side as opposed to the horror. So it, it, it had a little shift. 
So, but yes, no, the Resident Evil series is is top of my list. But then right below that, we got Silent Hill. Silent Hill is another Hill. series I'm not familiar Man. with. What? Oh my goodness! I so horror Again, games I'm folks. hit and miss on. I have some that are uh, that I played and some that I haven't. I've never touched the Silent Hill series, but I would say in the past year I picked up. I think it was Silent Hill Two on original Xbox. So I do own one Silent Hill game. I just I I don't want to play the second one after I've never played the first one. So I need to go back and get the first one and then play that and then I'll play the second one. Oh, the first one. The first one was 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 great. First one was so good. The second one again. It just it just took it to a whole nother level because the first one came out on PlayStation and then the second one came out on PlayStation two. So the graphics were better. The effects were better. The mood was, oh, you had pyramid head, the introduction of pyramid head in the second one. Yeah. I need, had, I need to go back and play them. Do you think it's worth me playing the first one first and then nope. playing the second one? Or should I just go right into go, the second one and be totally fine? You can go right into the second one and be just fine. Maybe I'll play it, man. I have my original Xbox hooked up right over there. And even though I could probably pop that disc into a, a Series X and, and play it on there, I think that I would want to play it the way that it was intended to be played. So maybe I will do that. The story, story was great. You know, then we had a lot of, you know, versions. We had, you know, Silent Hill 3 and the Silent Hill The Room and then Silent Hill Downpour. So, you know, the Silent Hill games were have been around for a while. But yeah, Silent Hill is definitely like right under Resident Evil for me. And we for GameCube, we had Eternal Darkness. You remember Eternal Darkness? Yo, Eternal Darkness was awesome, man. Like Eternal Darkness made me mad. That's what it did. <laughs> I want to mention one thing. Another person brought this up recently with who was her name is Kat Bailey Bailey. She is uh she's been in the industry for a long time. She she um she wrote for different websites and stuff like that. She's actually at IGN now. Um, she's a little bit older, but she's extremely knowledgeable about the industry. Like the stuff she writes is great. So I don't want to say that I'm, I'm taking this directly from her because I had the same opinion, but I'm going to share her opinion as well as mine, uh, which is if you don't remember, the GameCube was not a beloved console the way it is today. People like talk trash about the GameCube all the time during the PS2 and Xbox era. The Xbox was the most powerful console, but the PS2 is the most popular console. And then you got the GameCube off doing its own thing in a corner somewhere that only a fraction of the people were paying attention to. Eternal Darkness was a game that made everybody truly proud to own a GameCube. Like, look, we have a mature rated, you know, adult crazy, like off the wall, like something Kojima would make game on the GameCube. And it's exclusive to this console. So Kat Bailey made that point. I'm just repeating it that nobody liked the the GameCube back then as much as people love the GameCube Mm. today. It was a very weird thing. But Eternal Darkness was something everybody that owned a GameCube was completely proud of. Oh, man, Eternal Darkness is, like I said, it made me mad. (laughs) Because Eternal, for people who don't know, Eternal Darkness played with your head. Yes, it did. And I remember breaking my GameCube controller because while I'm playing, (laughs) I'm playing Eternal Darkness and you get to a point in the game and all of a sudden it says your files has been corrupted and it erases everything. And I was so mad. I smashed my controller, not knowing <sighs> the game messes with your head. And that was part of the game. So then I had to go out and buy another game controller. <laughs> yeah. It would do th- things like that because the, the main character of the game, like she was going through this, like this, this horror thing, but 
it was like a psychological game. It was, it was like trying to explain to you, like this person's losing their mind. Like they don't know what's real and what's not. So when it showed you that on screen, even though it seemed real to you, it was just like, no, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's, so eternal darkness is definitely one. Everybody that's into the survival horror type of games should play. Uh, I highly recommend it. I don't know how it holds up today because I haven't played it in a while. I haven't um, played it in a while either. But, but didn't it, it tell was, you also like it would tell you like your controllers unplugged and it would be plugged in? Yes. You're like what? What is ha- what? What is going? <laughs> yeah. What is going on? It, it was just it would really it do things like that that you you kind of second guess yourself and like I said I want it wound up costing me a GameCube controller but. <laughs> Luckily, I had read about the, the memory card thing specifically before I played the game. So when I got to that point, I was like, all right, I know what this is. Because I, I would I might have done the same thing that you did, Wes. Like the controller thing got me, but not the memory card, man. The memory card I was prepared for. <laughs> oh man, because I was I was so mad. I think all my save files were gone for like all the other GameCube games. I was I was so mad. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Eternal darkness. And then we had condemned for the 360 oh that game was so criminal good. origins i was so scary it was probably my favorite launch title on the xbox 360 it was good man first person survival horror um it had a lot of supernatural elements in it but there was one part in particular that really scared me was the, the whole you're in a de- uh, a department store an abandoned department store and as you're walking there's mannequins all over the place. and Oh, and, this was my favorite part, too. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, these mannequins start to, when you turn around, they start to move closer towards you. And it gets to a point where you have to jump down this hole, and all the mannequins are looking at you. And that was so scary. It, it wasn't a hole. It was a, it was a staircase. Was it a hole? Was it a staircase? It was a staircase. It was a hole. No, because this is like, I remember this so vividly. You're, you are walking through all these mannequins and like you're like anticipating it the whole time. And I think I, I want to say that this thing was like multiple stories like there, you walk, you're walking through these mannequins for like a while. So you go from being frightened like oh some, something's going to jump out of these mannequins at any point. And they, they take you such a long walk down through all these mannequins mm-hmm. constantly that by the time they actually start to scare you, you're not ready for it because you've walked through like like a thousand mannequins at that point. Right, because from what I remember, they, they don't move if you're looking at them. Yeah, like like nothing happens until you get to where the staircase is, and then the staircase like uh like like goes over. This was my fi- like the, my favorite part in the game because I actually hurt myself in real life while playing this part of the game, and I, <laughs> it like blew my mind because I had an Xbox 360. This was when like uh, HD TVs were like a big thing, and mm-hmm. I had a I had a computer. I bought the DVI cable that would would attach to it, or it was it was something like that. It would attach to my computer, so I had a computer cable that that was going to my monitor, which was way better than my TV at the time. So this was like the most realistic way I could play the game. And you're walking through the mannequins, and you're you're anticipating this thing happening, and then when you walk over to uh, to where this the staircase is there's like stairs to your right that lead like you know like a square like going down like this and i was so you know you're paranoid the whole time like i'm i'm sure there's going to be something coming out of this this these friggin mannequins and there's nothing the whole time you look over the staircase and as soon as you get next to the staircase to make sure there's nothing down there 
a monster jump that jumps out at your face. And I, I cut my hand underneath my keyboard that was on my computer. And I was like bleeding all over the place. Like, oh my God, this game is amazing. As I'm standing there, like holding my hand. <laughs> oh yeah. Then they came out with the second one and eh, not as good as the first, but the first one will always hold a spot. That was so good. So good. I think it was one of the highly, it was so underrated. It was. And Bloodshot was the second one. It was still a good game, but you're right. The first one was was something truly special. And I can't believe that more people didn't buy it. It, it was uh, published by Sega. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, then we got, you know, eh, not so much on the scary side, but we got Splatterhouse, which is a classic. Because, you know, it was the a ripoff of Friday, Jason from Friday the 13th. Now, you know, which Splatterhouse are you talking about? The remake, or are you talking about the original? The original. See, I didn't do the remake, and and we okay. talked about this once before on another video, and I have it. I haven't played it because I know mm. at some point you unlock the original. Um, but yeah, I like the the regular original one is what I remember playing. You know, for Turbo Graphics, uh, you know, and, and just going through it was like bloody, you know, and it was just it was Splatterhouse. But no, everybody says I should play the, the new one. You said I should play the new one, so eventually I'll play the new one. I need to get the new one. I dude, this is another thing we talked about before, where it was like you know it was like fifteen bucks a GameStop, and I passed it up, and I should have bought it then. Now the game's like, I think the game's like sixty or seventy dollars or something like that if you get a complete in box copy. Yeah, and then um, you know, and then it kind of gets from like the, the the scariness to other games that have horror elements, um, like Left 4 Dead. I love Left love Left 4 Dead one and two. You know, it's just multiplayer horde fest you know running you know trying to complete the levels uh going through town and just get hordes of zombies and monsters and it was but it was so much fun one of my favorites and i can't wait until the spiritual successor back for blood comes out in the next month or two because i'm super stoked about that one did you have a chance to hop into the beta they did i think the beta was in like maybe august or something or like the end of july i didn't i missed it I didn't play it either, but I heard it was like, it was like, okay. Like okay. it felt like, it felt like left for dead, but there was like some, some like hiccups and stuff. But I mean, who knows by the time the game comes out, maybe they'll clean all that stuff up. You know, I lo- love left for dead. And I was so, so excited when evolve came out because they were like, Oh, people, people that did left for dead. And I was like, okay, I got left for dead with dinosaurs. Oh, okay. And I'm like, wait, what is this? Yeah, a lot of people got burned on that game. That game had a lot of hype around it, and like nobody liked that game when it came out. Unfortunately, no, no, it was yeah, it, it was what it was. It's still on my shelf, but it, and that's where it'll stay. Um, but then when you go back to the horror stuff. Then you got Dead Space. Dead Space was scary, man. Dead Space was scary. You never played it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Another black eye on my, my <laughs> list of horror games that I never played was uh, I never touched Dead Space. You know what's sad? My friend gave me a copy. Um, Neo, I love you, man. I just never got around to playing it, dude. I had other stuff mm. I was playing at the time. I think I was like, when he gave me that game, I was probably like severely into Gears of War because I had like an obsession of Gears of War for like a number of years. And then he gave me Dead Space. He's like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to check it out. And then I just, I just kept playing Gears of War. Yeah, oh, um, man. But I have Dead Space 1, 2, and 3 now. Yeah, I Dead Space 1 was... Time. Dead Space 1 was scary. You know, it, it, it had that alien vibe to it because you're on this ship 
you know, and you're roaming these these dark halls by yourself, and then these creatures are all over the place. You know, you don't know what's gonna jump out. You know, you can get you know, customized and get these new weapons, and you know, to to kind of help you. It's extremely bloody, uh, and it was extremely scary. You know, and then after you play the first one, then the second one, and third one, eh, not so much. But the for the very first game, the very first Dead Space is definitely on one of my lists is like one of one of like my favorite horror type games. Well, if you didn't know, they, they just announced recently they're remaking it. So I may wait yep. until the remake comes out to check it out. Um, but I mean, I'm definitely interested. I like horror games and the, the fact that you use a plasma cutter sounds incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'll check out the remake when it comes out. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and play the original. You know, I, I, I don't know. It is Halloween. So like I'm de- definitely like in the spirit right now of like watching horror <laughs> movies and stuff. So they're, they're, I might not be able to wait. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Alien and, and the next game on my list is Alien Isolation for Xbox One. Now, I, a lot of people gave that game like horrible reviews. A lot of people trashed it. I loved it. It was not only did it look great, it played great. It was it, it gave you that sense of fear. Because if you've seen any of like, especially the original Alien movie, and you know, you're you're on again, kind of like Dead Space on the space station, and at some point you encounter the alien and you don't know when he is gonna pop out. You can hide. When you play it on the harder settings, he can detect you breathing. So if you know you're trying to hold your breath and hide in, in like a locker, and he can, you know, he can sense you, he can smell you. So that that fear of this alien finding you was was it was it was intense. It was intense. If alien isolation, I tell everybody they need to play it. it that was, game got, did get some good reviews too. Like it, just, I, I don't I don't watch like all the reviews for it, but mm-hmm. it definitely got some like some people really really love that game. Obviously, you're one of them. Oh, I thought it was it was so good. It was so good. Um, so yeah, and then uh, then we got. Blood Omen, the Blood Omen series for regular PlayStation, and then they crossed over to PlayStation 2. Um, Legacy of Kane. You had Legacy of Kane, uh, but the original Blood Omen was, it's a vampire story, um, which was a over-the-top third, it was like a three-quarter view uh, game, and then they kind of redid it because uh, you had, I want to say his name is Azriel or Raziel, but you had Legacy of Kane, uh, which kind of was a little bit more on the action side, but then they kind of brought back Kane, the you know who was the vampire, and it was it's more again on the action side, not really that scary. But it is a vampire, and it had vampire elements, and you know you do have to feed. There were some instances where you did have to feed. Yeah, it had like horror light elements. It yeah definitely, and then you know the last two titles which. One is like these two games are probably one of my all time favorite. If I have to pick a top 10 list is Bioshock. Nice. Love Bioshock. You know, Bioshock. Would I classify it as horror? No, but it definitely had some horror elements. Certainly straddles the line. It did because you had, you know, the splicers and, you know, you would see. There's, I remember in one particular section, you would see a shadow of, you know, a twisted individual. And then when you turn the corner, it's no longer there. Um, it, it had a lot of 
uh, I, I, how can I describe them? Um, they were experimental humans uh, that that uh, had these special powers, but they were crazy. Uh, and then you had the big daddies running around who were intimidating. Yes, they were. The, uh, the story was fantastic. Again, it wasn't a horror game per se, but it did had some horror overtones, if, if, if we can count that. Agreed. And then my last one was left the last of us one and two. Uh, oh man. So good. So good. The I'm first glad one, you mentioned two, because uh, there's a lot of backlash on two that people didn't like too. I, I don't know what the hell they saw, but it, I mean, the, the, those two games are like so high up on my list of like best games of all time, like easily in the top 20, probably in the top 10, maybe in the top five, both of them, especially the first one. Oh, the first one, without a doubt. First one was so good, you know, and, and, I may be wrong, but I think the, the thing with the second one was, and I, if I sorry if this is going to be spoilers for anybody who's not played it yet, but you know, you don't in the first one you grow attached to Joe, to, to Joel, to Joel mm-hmm. and Ellie. The second one, you don't really get a whole lot of time with Joel. And there's so a reason for that though. Right, right. So you get you lose that emotional attachment you had. And I think a lot of people didn't like that. So Neil Druckmann, if you guys didn't know, he was like the, the writer and I, I, I think he was the director of the game or executive producer. But the, the main point is he was the writer, uh, or, or a writer on both of the games, one and two. And he said, if, if you paid attention to what he said, you would kind of understand what the game is about ahead of time. He said the first game was about love, which, which was clear if you played that game. And the second game is about hate which is clear if you if you played all the way yes. through the second one of that game like they, yes. they are very two different games but they are both like ex- extremely well written and well thought out and i mean i don't understand people who don't like the last of this part too oh i did it was still a good game granted you didn't play as the character the whole game that you wanted but it was still it was well written from beginning to end well acted Graphics were good, you know. Granted, you 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 play as these these creatures, so they weren't zombies, but so that definitely had a lot of horror overtone. There was a parasite that uh, basically found th- these are real things. They're called um, in real life. There's a name for them, though. I want to say they're called centipods, but I know that's not right. But th- there's a parasite in real life, and what they do is they take over ants. They literally go in. They, it's a parasite that gets inside of ants gets inside of their brain, controls the ant to tell them where to die at, kills the ant, and then the spore grows from its head. And that's how they came up with the idea for the game. It's a real-life thing. And that's what those things are based off of. No, they're not zombies, and it's based off of these spores and this parasite, but they look and they kind of, like, act like zombies that run. They do. They do. that But they look like flowers and different stuff because they come from spores. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's super, like honestly, forget the games for two seconds. Go online and like learn about whatever whatever creature that's called. It is fascinating. It's unbelievable that that actually exists in real life. Hmm. Okay. I was today years old when I learned about the origin of The Last of Us. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's it makes the game so much better because it's like it's one step away from happening to humans if it can already happen to ants. Oh, so yeah, so those are my those that's my list, man, of of like my my favorite horror 
slash scary games. So I'm, I'm now I'm really curious to see yours. All right. So right off the bat, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw a mention out. I'm not going to talk about it. Resident Evil obviously is going to be on there. Um, of course. Specifically, in my opinion, the, the, for, for me, who's never played four or five or six, my favorite ones are one and seven. Two, I like a lot, and three is okay. Um, okay. What, what do you think about Code Veronica? Code Veronica is, is uh, one of my favorites. Code Veronica is better than three. Code Veronica <laughs> was one of my favorites in the entire series to this day. I mean, one and or I two can't... are great. Code Veronica is right up there with him. And then oh, seven, yes. seven is on like, because seven is a first person game, I, th- I put seven on a different level. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I'm just waiting for them to remake Give Me Code Veronica. I'm with you, man. There's all this rumors. I'm, I'm sure they're making the remake of four and maybe I'll finally play it. But, but I'd was, be made, way more enticed to play Code Veronica again, like on the, like yeah. if they just remade that. Well, four was was great and it looked great as it was. I don't see how they can improve on on four. I mean, there's a graphical upgrade trying to bring it into yeah. modern day. Okay. I, I'd rather see Code Veronica remade as well. Then after that, let's uh, let's let's do some uh, some weirder stuff real quick, just like some horror light games. Uh, the first medieval, uh, specifically the remake that was out on PS4, I think a, a year, maybe two years ago it came out. I don't remember at this point, but that medieval remake is fantastic. Uh, even the original games were great. If you like, that was the skeleton knight, right? Yeah, man, that game was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, play the remake, Wes. It's like probably ten or twenty dollars. It's probably super cheap. Okay. Um, the whole Castlevania series. Uh, you can know, you can pretty much throw a stone at any of those, and they're all good, except for maybe mm-hmm. 64 is not that great, and the, <laughs> the other the other 3D ones aren't that great. If it's a 2D Castlevania game, that's what I'm talking about. And flowing right into that is Bloodstained. I do like the old school ones from the NES, like the NES style Bloodstained games, and I do like Ritual of the Night, which is like the Symphony of the Night style mm-hmm. Castlevania games. I was so Blood excited when phenomenal. that came out, man. So excited when that came out. Yeah, they're all great. I I love absolutely. All the Bloodstains games. I, I own them all multiple times, actually, different hmm. consoles. And then there's two other things I want to mention that haven't been brought up yet. Uh, the first is Until Dawn, which is, uh, I don't know, do you have an affinity for like 90s horror movies that were kind of like a spoof, but were still horror movies like Scream? Like Scream? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until Dawn is the best game that scream could ever be like if you made a game based off a of scream and you like turned it into a game like until dawn is that like it's like a teenage horror film and the, the decisions that you make affect the outcome of the game so you can play the game multiple times get multiple different endings mm-hmm. but the main thing is like you can, you can like i tried so hard to keep everyone alive and i did for like for like 90% of the game. And then I made one mistake in one area and I was like, oh my God, I screwed up everything. And then like, I screwed up my ending <laughs> after that. And I was like telling my wife, I was like, I'm so disappointed with how this game turned out. Like it was a great game, but I, I messed up and I made, I made two critical mistakes in the game to not get the kind of outcome that I would want. And, you know, I could go back and like replay it, but I was like, that's not the way, like to me, that's not what was intended. Like, your choices are, are what, you know, or the outcome that, you know, the outcome that you're given based off your choices is the way the game is intended to be mm-hmm. played. So for me to go back and manipulate that isn't what I would have done in the moment. 
So I got what I got. And even though I was disappointed with my ending, it was still what I got at the end of the day. Until Dawn. I don't, I've never heard of that. What's it for? PS4. Uh, okay. It's a Sony huh. exclusive. Huh. I, all right. I must have missed that one. I got to look that one up. Oh, it's it's really, like I said, it's kind of like a screen type, <laughs> like, okay. you know, teenage horror movie. But it, I mean, it's a game, but it plays like uh, it plays like a quantic dream game. Okay. Okay. So the choices impact what you do. It's it's fantastic. Definitely check it out, Wes. Finally, we have a game that's not a game. That's probably the best horror game that's ever been made. That's never been made, which is PT. Oh man, I miss PT. I never got to play it. I'm so upset. Oh man, so PT is playable teaser. I'll give you a quick background on me very briefly. I don't like Hideo Kojima's games. I, I'm not crazy about them. I never really got into any of his games. I played the PT demo because my friend told me, hey, you got to go download this demo. It's made by Kojima. I'm like, I don't care about Kojima. He's like, doesn't matter. It's a horror game. It's great. Check it out. It's a demo for a new game that's going to be coming out soon. But he'd never spoil anything for me. He told me anything. He was like, just go play this demo. Man, it was like, it was the best loop horror game that i've ever played it was such a small demo you basically walk through one like like two hallways over and over again and each time you you know you might interact with the environment a little bit differently but as you interact with the environment different things happen so you get onto this constant loop and then the loop turns into like what looks like hell but it's still like the same kind of loop and it's it kind of messes with your mind a little bit but it was one of the creepiest games i've ever played and it was a demo west I heard about PT and I was so upset because I heard it was a teaser for a potential Silent Hill game. Yeah. At the end of the demo, it's like, you know, this is a playable teaser for, I think it was called Silent Hills, like with an S at the end, if I remember correctly. Man, I, and I missed it and I'm so mad, so mad at myself because I love Silent Hill. And then I was like, wait. And then when I went to go online to look for it, they took it down. So I missed out on it. What the hell's the matter with Konami? Like, I understand that Kojima is no longer with Konami. I get that. But they put out this playable teaser. It was free. Anybody could download it. You just have to go in and download it. And then when Kojima left, they were like, you know, even before that, they like pulled it off the store so nobody mm-hmm. could download it or play the game anymore. And if unless you still have it downloaded on your hard drive, if you've uninstalled it, you cannot go back and re-download it. I know that there's there's ways around that and stuff. I'm aware of those things. But if you've never owned it at all, if you have never downloaded it at any point, there's no way you can get the demo at all. Well, there's probably ways with computers and stuff now. But to have that original file, like these, these PlayStation 4s that have PT installed are very coveted right now. People will resell their PlayStations for a higher value because PT is still installed on the hard drive and they'll sell it to you with PT still in, installed on the hard drive. But why wouldn't Konami just get a PR win with like everybody in the world and just say, hey, here's the PT demo. You can go download it again. We're, we obviously aren't making a game because Kojima's not here anymore. But like let people play your demo still. Like what, mm. what the hell's the matter with you? It's crazy. Yeah, I'm just so mad at myself. <laughs> hey, man, I got it on my PS4 Pro. So the next time you come to Southern California, you can come over and check it out. That's All right. For sure. All right. Knocking on your door soon. <laughs> Wes, why don't you start telling me about some of the lesser known horror games? So we just want to mention a few of these real quick. Uh, these are games that are of the horror genre that may not have been as popular, but something you should pay attention to. 
Yeah, we got the, we got D, and that's all it is. It's the letter D. Uh, it was a point and click, you know, mystery horror game. They know they made a D two for the Dreamcast, and then we had Carrier for the Dreamcast, which was it tried to be Resident Evil on a boat. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Um, you know, had monsters. Uh, but one of one of my favorites, two of my favorites actually was was Manhunt, and mm. Manhunt wasn't a, a horror game, but it was definitely a scary game. For those who do not know Manhunt, you were a guy that was kidnapped and just kind of set loose in a city, and the guy is making a snuff film while he lets loose all these demented gangs to try to kill you and it, it so you're trying to survive to kind of get back home and you were you know it's a lot of stealth um, but you know the whole time this guy is making a film of you killing these people so it definitely had some some scary tones to it uh, even though it was a little on the action side uh, but it was definitely uh, twisted. And then you had Alan Wake. Alan Wake was another great one. Alan Wake was really good. Again, really good. I never played Alan Wake, but the remake is coming out like in, in a few weeks. I'm definitely in that remake. It's 30 bucks. So like I said, folks, please don't judge him. <laughs> I've made mistakes. So I what's funny is I love a lot of Remedy's games. Max Payne one and two were both by Remedy. I love them. Yeah. Oh, control great. was amazing. Did you play control when that came out a couple years ago? Control. You never played Control, Wes? I didn't play Control. You, look, you need to play Control. Okay. It came out in 2019. It was the best game that came out in 2019. And it's made by... Game Pass. It might be. Game Pass. Okay. I think I remember seeing it. If you like Alan Wake, you, you really need to play the game and you really need to play its DLC. Okay. I can't spoil it for you because it's called it's called this, but there's called there's something called the Alan Wake expansion in Control. Okay, no, I loved Alan Wake. Story was great, and yeah. So now now you said it's got an Alan Wake expansion. I'm gonna I'm gonna play. It. Yeah, like I said, it's not spoiling anything. the The damn expansion is called the Alan Wake expansion. <laughs> <laughs> now Alan Wake Alan Wake was good, um, you know, and then. It's an older title that's been remade a couple times, but it's to me, this is like the granddaddy of the, the survival horror genre. You, you got Alone in the Dark. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what started it all, right? This was before Resident Evil. This was before Resident Evil on PC. You had Alone in the Dark. To me, that's the start of the whole horror type of games. You know, And I know there were, there were some others out there, but you know the known ones, you had Alone in the Dark. And then they remade it a couple times. I know they remade Dreamcast. It. For Dreamcast and I think it was PlayStation and I want to say they remade it again for some reason I, I, I'm thinking a 360 or an Xbox is popping in my head I they definitely made a version on Xbox but I don't know if that was a sequel or if that was a remake I have no idea yeah um, but yeah that's that's alone in the dark so I mean those are a few of, of my highlights of, of lesser known horror games and uh you know, some of them I definitely have to, to, to go and revisit because I just miss playing. A couple of mine that I have, um, there's some, there's again some like horror light ones or some like lesser known ones. Um, Bloodstained, I mentioned earlier, so I won't get into that anymore. If you guys haven't played Bloodstained, for the love of God, go play Bloodstained. Another one that's that's uh, 
something that people really don't talk about or think about. There was a PS2 game called Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick. It was a budget game. It was like 20 or $30 when it came out. And like not a lot of people bought it. Like there was there was obviously a cult following even at that time. And some people did buy it. I bought it like day one. So that's something I would check out if you guys can find a copy of Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick. Then there's uh, Carry On, which is a newer game. This game came out, I think, about a year ago. It's from a Polish developer, and it's a reverse horror game. So you actually play as the monster in this game. And I don't recall playing as the monster in very many games at all. And it was a lot of fun. There was like puzzles and stuff. Uh, You had to figure out basically how to get, essentially most of the time you're spending like how to get out of rooms. You're way more powerful than the humans. So they're not, they're not that hard to kill, but one, one issue people had, which I would agree with, there was no map. So this was like a Metroidvania style game where you go into different rooms and stuff and having to try to figure out how to, how to get your way out. And then you would get an objective. It would be like, uh, you know, you'd have like a checklist of stuff you need to do, like go to this room and go like do this, but there's no map. Hmm. So you have to like, I was pulling up maps online at, at towards the end of the game because I was trying to, um, or just like, like beat the game basically like that. It was on the switch. So I was like, there was no achievements yeah. or trophies. I was just trying to beat the game. But I couldn't figure out this last part. And I had to pull up literally maps of the game for the last hour and try to figure out like fan-made maps, like where the hell I was going. That was the only downfall of the game. Other than that, that game was so much fun to play. Oh, okay. Carry on. Never heard of it. I got to. It's great. It's probably like it's at this point, it's like a year old. It's probably like $10. It's fantastic. And it it looks like it has like, you know, 2D pixel style graphics. Another title that we didn't mention yet was uh, Vampire Nights, which is uh, behind me, actually. Right there. That's Vampire Nights. (laughs) You guys can't see it. I'll put a picture up for you guys. But it is a light gun game on PS2, which was, you know, like a horror, like spooky Mm kind of game. That game was a lot of fun to play. I have I have a bunch of light gun games for PS2. They're all they're all fun. But Vampire Nights was excellent. And the one problem that you may have when you play this game is the voice acting is atrocious. It's like <laughs> despicable. It's like laughable throughout the entire thing. It's it's absolutely terrible. But the game itself was a lot of fun. Have you ever checked the Vampire Nights out? I did. I did. It, it it was. I agree. It was good. It was good. You know, playing Vampire Nights kind of just brought me back to playing House of the Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah, House of the Dead was great, man. It was good. So yeah. Yeah, I had that on a few different consoles. Not the Saturn, though, because that one was four hundred dollars, <laughs> or at least it is $400. now. Four hundred dollars. Somebody just traded. Somebody just traded a bunch of Saturn games in, and House of the Dead was in there. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, I can't believe that. You let me know about it, and I was like, "Oh, which games got traded?" And I was all excited, and like you showed me House of the Dead. I was like, "Oh, it looks cool." And you're like, "Oh, yeah, it's four hundred bucks." Like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but is is that the what other systems did the first House of the Dead came on? Because two came on Dreamcast. Obviously, we know that. And the, they're all pretty accessible. But is that first one only on Saturn? It's only on Saturn. Probably why it's 400 bucks. It's like you either buy the arcade machine or you buy mm-hmm. the, the Saturn version. That was it. As we get into the last couple of things, Wes, we got a couple of questions here I want to throw at you. What is your most memorable jump scare in a game? Most memorable jump scare. Okay, I got two. One of them is probably mine, but go for it. Right. The first, the first one is everybody's. It's playing Resident Evil 1 for the first time, and you got the dogs jumping through the window. Yep. 
that was totally unexpected. Again, that's probably number one on everybody's list. I'm curious to hear everybody else's thoughts on their most memorable jump scare, but that's number one. And then my second one is again, takes place in a resident evil game playing resident evil seven after you fight the mother and she, you knock her out in that hole in that pit. And as I'm running up the stairs, she jumps out of nowhere. That literally made me throw my controller. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, those are my two most memorable jump scares because I will never forget how I felt <laughs> in those two instances. Yeah, mine were very similar. I mean, the first one I talked about earlier which was Condemned when you look over the staircase, so I'm not going to talk about that again anymore. Obviously, the first one, Resident Evil, the dog jumping through the window, I was a kid at that time. I I didn't have a PlayStation 1 at that time. I did get one shortly after that. But uh, being at his house, it was late at night. We had like the lights turned off, playing Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. And that dog jumped to the thing. And I think he already played it. I think he like knew that it was coming. He just wanted to scare me. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I was never scared from a video game like that before. So that's, you know, that embedded itself into my brain still to this day. Yeah, oh yeah. When that happened, I turned my system off and I was like, okay, I can't play this. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say one of these Resident Evil games is the scariest game that you ever played or do you have something else on that agenda? No, I think my scariest game I've ever played was for the PlayStation 1 and it's the original Silent Hill. Really? Yes. Because I hear that a lot of people think Silent Hill 2 is like way but at least better than the first one is it is it's not as scary in the second one or like what do you think the the first you know what the second one was again it's leaps and bounds better than the first story's great graphics are great you know you get pyramid head you get the mannequin legs you know the nurses all that other crazy stuff but the first one it had you were in the school and you had those little shadow babies like kind of wandering around and you couldn't do anything with them yeah, it's kind of creepy. That was it was creepy. It was that, yeah. So Silent Hill won. And again, it's like the first time we visited Silent Hill in a game. So, you know, a lot of the things and the experiences were were fresh and brand new. So yeah, Silent Hill One is probably my most scariest game I've ever played. What's yours? Mine is also. It's not Silent Hill. It's not, it's not like, but, but I want to talk about the point that you made. That was the first time you really experienced something like that was in Silent Hill. Like that was the scariest moment to you. For me, there was like two times when I, I was like super, super scared. One was the, that when that dog jumped through that I just mentioned a moment ago about Resident right. Evil, of course. The second time that I remember was Resident Evil 7. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't playing it normally. I was playing it in VR. And oh, that that was like I haven't been scared like that since I was a child. Like <laughs> absolute, like just totally terrified. And I, I had a very bad problem because, like, uh, I you know I my heart was like pounding through my chest. So like I, I couldn't like <laughs> I couldn't keep playing that game for a long period of time because it felt like I was having a heart attack. So I could only play for like 30 to 45 minute increments. And eventually I stopped playing the game completely because it's like, I can't handle the stress of doing this anymore. Like this is too much when that, uh, you know, that, that grandfather's like stalking you around and, you know, 
it's it's kind of it's kind of earlier on. You like you think you kill him at that one point, and then he comes back later mm-hmm. on. It's like, oh my god! Like, can this just stop? <laughs> can this guy just go away? I can't take this anymore. And then like you're running from room to room, and like you just hear him stalking you. But yep. I didn't just hear him stalking me. I had headphones on, and I was in VR. It was like he was wow. literally stalking me. <laughs> so there was never been a scarier experience than that. I mean, talk about being like in a horror movie. That was like. As soon as I found out that Resident Evil 8 didn't have that, I'm like, what are you guys doing? You had like the, the scariest thing I've seen in my lifetime. And you walked away from VR and put out 8. So I didn't even bother buying 8 because I was pissed off about that. But if they add but, back in VR later on, I'll go back and buy it. 8 was really good, though. 8 was really good. I'm not doubting that, but you can't give me that experience you gave me in no. 7 and then take it away. You can't do that. No, you can play for the story. No. Eight was eight was good because it. There's a point in the game where it ties all the Resident Evil games together. I mean, and that's kind of cool, and it makes it worth it. And it was like, okay, all right, I'm good. Did you, did you play seven in VR though? No, do you know I have a bad heart? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, Wes, do not do not under any circumstances play Resident Evil Seven in VR for any reason. It is horrible. It, it's amazing, but it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, so those, yeah, those are definitely scary moments. You know, I'm just thinking as we're talking, uh, you know, honorable mentions as far as scary moments is probably when you see Mr. X for the first time in Resident Evil. He's, That's pretty you know, bad, man. He's there. He's menacing, you know, and he's just kind of just he, he, he doesn't run. He's, he just kind of walks slow. But you have this big hulking tyrant that's there. It, did, and, you, did you play the remake with headphones on by any chance? No, but I had my stereos on. My stereo on. That's when I stopped <laughs> playing that game, man. I couldn't get past him. Because if you have headphones on, you can hear like kind of the direction he's in. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go creep over this way. And I'm gonna get away from him. And then, like, you just hear his footprints, like, like you know, his footsteps, yes. like, get louder, and they're like, they're like right behind you. Like, I can't. It was the same thing with Seven. It's like I can't deal with this anymore. I'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> if I keep playing this damn game because I hear like this guy stalking me, like he's right behind me. Yeah, I had surround sound on and everything. Yeah, you heard the footsteps. And then in Resident Evil Three, when you encounter Nemesis, because I, I think we talked about it earlier, Nemesis, unlike Mr. X, he runs. And he, like, with Mr. X, if you just go in the door, he just kind of disappears. Whereas Nemesis will follow you through the next room. So you're running and thinking you're you're free. And then here he comes again, like, busting through a wall or busting through the door. And he's still chasing you. And you're like, oh, crap. And you're, you know, you're turning around and you're running. That was, that was pretty intense, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't beat any of these games. I'll play them to a point, and then I'm just like, oh man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, and it's not even <laughs> that I'm so terrified; it's that I'm like, I'm so stressed out that I don't think I can handle it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm, I'm really curious to hear everybody else's thoughts on, on like their horror game experiences, like what their favorite uh, titles are, and uh, you know. Um, so hopefully people people comment and and please include that in there. I'm 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 dying to read them. Yeah, so definitely leave a comment over there on YouTube. You guys can also leave comments on our Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, TikTok. We're up on all those things. Make sure you guys check us out over there. Please support us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdthusiasts. And make sure you guys are following Wes. Wes, where can people follow you? You can follow me uh, at Level Up. Wes at levelupentertainment.com or you can follow me on Instagram at Grendel5XBX. There you go. If you guys want to follow me, my personal stuff is at from NJ, the number two CA. So from NJ2CA over on Twitter. Uh, the main accounts over at Nerdusius, if you guys want to follow us there. Thank you for checking out the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our N64 slash horror podcast. And who knows what we'll do next month. So make sure you stay tuned. Surprise, surprise. You guys take care. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.